Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Okay, Nick, I've got a question for you. How do you know that therapy is working? If you're a client, from a client's perspective, Mm -hmm. how would you know that therapy is actually helping you? Or that therapy is effective for you? It's a good question. It's one of those questions that I feel like is both really like should be obvious, but actually is kind of a hard, complicated question Mm. to answer, right? I agree. I think people would generally say like, well, I don't know. I feel better, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like I'm really stressed or I'm really anxious or I'm really depressed. And if therapy works, I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the place to start is both of us are kind of smiling and nodding our heads as if like that's a natural answer to the question, but it's actually probably not a very good answer to the question. Yeah. Well, and you may feel better. I don't know. Feeling better to me, though, is um, kind of like guessing how much gas you have in your gas tank right now. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Uh, sorry, I don't, well, I don't follow. I think I think as a psychologist, I'm very suspicious of feelings when people talk about feelings See, right? that right there is very counterintuitive <laughs> i think people would say you're you're a shrink you're a psychologist a therapist and you're suspicious of feelings i will i think feelings often need kind of processing right and, and, and so when someone tells me they feel this way or that way to me it's just such a vague answer right and so if if i asked if, if someone asked this question of a patient of mine how do you know it's working? And they said they feel better. I would kind of cringe a little bit. I always cringe when my clients say that, when they say they're feeling better. Yeah. I, I kind of like, eh, I don't know why, if that's... So why are you skeptical of that? Because <laughs> in broad strokes, that is the point, right? People are feeling badly and they come into therapy and they don't want to feel so badly anymore, right? Yeah, ultimately. Ultimately, I guess that's true. Um, I'm, I think I'm... <laughs> this is going to sound even worse. <laughs> I think I'm much less interested in how my patients feel and I'm way more interested in how how functional their lives are, or they are in their lives. Like what does that mean, how functional they are in their lives? I don't care so much whether they have less anxiety, but I really care if they're able to do things they've never done before or struggled doing. If a, if a patient came in and said, you know, I, I'm still as anxious as ever, but I was able to apply for this promotion, have this interview, go to this um, new city that I've never been to, um, confront, uh, you know, engage in conflict in an effective way, that those are kind of markers of more effective therapy than I think how they feel. But what if someone's coming in and saying, no, literally, I want to feel less anxious. Like, I don't care. What's the point of doing all these things if I'm a miserable, nervous wreck while I'm doing them? Well, I think that's, you know, one of the, one of the first questions I, I, you know, a vague kind of broad question that I'll ask patients is why are we here in the very first meeting? Like, what what, what brings us here today? You know, what, um, and often they'll give you a really good upfront. I'm here because I'm struggling with this issue in my life as a result of anxiety, depression, something like that. They have a pretty fair idea sometimes of what's going on. But it's those, you know, if, if they just say, well, I'm depressed, I'm going to look at 
how is this feeling that you're having or how are these emotions that you're having impacting your life? And that's what I'm more interested in. But why? What, but what if they're coming in saying, I'm interested? Well, let me give you an example. I, I had a client come in who is an attorney and they were saying they, they have always felt extremely anxious whenever they're in trial. So when, whenever they're arguing or examining a witness or whatever, they're just incredibly, incredibly anxious. Now, here's the thing. They're, they're good at what they do. They win their cases a lot. They don't even especially look anxious to other people, but they just feel miserable every time they're in trial. So there, there isn't actually anything they want to be doing differently in their life. They just want to not like be white knuckling it and so miserable throughout this process that they, they like being an attorney. They, they win. They're good. Right. But they just feel badly. So you're saying there's no no measurable kind of um, behavioral issue they're having, Mm-mm. per se. It's just the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I'm really interested in the way they maybe see themselves, what their relationship is to this emotion. You know, what is it about, you know, being in uh, a trial or whatever that, that what are their thoughts while they're there? Maybe I want to improve a thought process there or a, a pattern of thinking. But the emotion, emotions just kind of are what they are. And, I, and I, I'm real hesitant to just put a big target sign on emotion and say, yeah, let's go after it. Yeah, but a, I don't know. A headache is what it is. But like if you've got a blaring headache, like sometimes you just want to pop some Tylenol so you can get rid of it, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'd be more interested in? Finding out why I have that headache. But most of the time, unless you have <laughs> some sort of most people get headaches from time to time and it's not because of anything. Mm, I don't know. You don't think so? I get, okay, I probably get a headache a month. Well, okay, so to me, this is like going to your doctor with a broken arm and there's like a compound fracture, bone sticking out and he's like, I'll just shoot a bunch of painkillers into your arm. You won't feel a thing. I would say, actually... If it hurts to set this arm and and actually fix the bone, I'd rather do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not so interested in like not having any more pain. I'd, I'd actually want to fix the problem here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- what you're implying here is that the feeling isn't the problem. Never is. Really? <laughs> I'm just saying. I think this would be counterintuitive to I a lot of people. I just pulled a nick. <laughs> I just really made a grand simplified claim. That is a very grand um, simplified claim. So, but uh, explain that. I think a lot of people come in and they think that the target, what needs to change is how they feel. Well, and and I'll put a disclaimer up front. I I don't think the feeling is the primary problem. As we really start to understand the problem, whether it's a thought process or a behavioral pattern that's in the way, I think a secondary gain that clients often have is a reduction in in um, aversive feelings. I think that happens. Okay. But that's not what I'm primarily most interested in. But why are, you, why are you interested in something different than what your client's interested in? Because my clients sometimes are unable to see what's causing the problem. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you're... They think the problem is the emotion. Right. Oftentimes. And so... So part of the job as a therapist is to show people that their problem isn't what they think it is. Sometimes. Most sounds like you're saying often <laughs> a lot of the time, most of the time. Yeah. Okay. So if the feeling isn't the problem, what's the, what's the problem? 
Like if the the pain, you're, what you're saying is the pain of the broken arm isn't the problem. The problem is their bones sticking out of their skin mm-hmm. and needs to be set again. Well, let's let's take your attorney for example. Okay. And I don't know this person, so I have to just make up some hypotheses and go. But perhaps this attorney has a very skewed sense of self. He's not able to appropriately grade himself she. on she um, on how good an attorney she is. So I might look at that metric system she's using to grade herself. Why is that metric system in place? Where did she get that system? How is she actually kind of grading herself in this area of her life? Are there other contexts of her life where she's using the same one or that she has a more adaptive kind of grading system? My guess is if she's winning most of her cases and she's doing really well and she likes what she's doing, something's amiss with, with the way she's thinking about herself in this trial. And that, to me, is a more interesting problem than trying to make her less nervous. There's plenty of medications that she could take while she's in trial to make herself feel better. The problem is she'll forever be taking those medications every time she has a trial if that's what she wants to do. So I'd much rather look at how she's thinking about herself, how she's grading herself, um, some of those factors. Does that make sense? Nailed it, Dr. Sewell. Nailed <laughs> it. That is that is literally her problem. Is she's that right? a humongous perfectionist. Um, so, but I think I'll send you is, a bill <laughs> for fixing you. Send it to her. Um, <laughs> the, but this is not. It's this is subtle. I think. I think this is hard to see that the emotion is a side effect of, in this case, a, a mental habit or pattern that's going on, right. which is holding yourself to an incredibly high, unrealistic standard. And even though it's the emotion that feels bad, it's the mental habit that's the really problematic part of all this right yeah right and it's, and it's the cause the emotion is the effect and you can't you don't want to treat the effect you want to treat the cause yeah exactly yeah uh, yeah that and that and that problem there is much more uh concerned to me mm-hmm. yeah i like it so i did so it sounds like you would when someone wants to know how do i know if therapy is working or not a, a really important first thing is to make this distinction between what's the real problem and what's a side effect of the problem. Right. Right. And and if you've got a good therapist, they're constantly kind of um, reviewing with you the, um, their hypothesis or their conceptualization of the problem, right? They're, um, once your intake's completed and they've kind of got a good overview of what's going on, a good therapist should say, okay, I think this is what's happening for you. And, and here's actually where we need to intervene. And here's actually um, what's causing you to feel this way. And here's how we're going to treat it and address it. I'm and, glad you brought that up because I don't think most people know that. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think most people expect that of their therapists. Really? No. Yeah. I, I'd say the, the tiny minority do. Yeah. I, I, well, and... and I'm not perfect. So there, there will be times when I'm like, Ooh, I haven't done that for a little bit with this client. I really need to make sure that they're, they're caught up on that. You guys are on the same page yeah. about what the actual problem is. Yeah. What we're targeting, what we're, what we're looking at. But I also think that as part of a, an intake, um, you know, I'll, I'll often ask clients like, look, if therapy is working for you, how would you know it? You know, mm-hmm. right at the beginning yeah, me too. like yeah. what, what would you expect to see differently in your life? Should our work together be, be fruitful for you. And they'll often have some pretty 
really good ideas about like, man, I know this thing is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go to my, my kids baseball games because I'm so nervous, you know, and I can't do these. And so they'll give you a really good idea. So, um, yeah, I think one of the things you should notice if therapy's working for you is that you're doing things that were previously more challenging or impossible for you. Yeah. Yeah. You should be, you should be approaching those things in some form or another if therapy's working. Do you think it's, do you think it's fair to say if someone's struggling emotionally with a, a pretty significant, um, they're feeling really badly on a really consistent basis, whether that's depression or anxiety or trauma or whatever it is, that the actual, what we were saying is that the feeling isn't really the problem. And so the real problem probably has something to do with either how they're thinking or what they're doing or not doing. So behavior or thoughts. Mm, Yes. Yeah. I might throw in environment too. Some therapists would disagree with me on that one, but I I would almost, man, I'm going to go super simple again. You think it's just thoughts? No, I think it's behavior. Just behavior. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 This is getting theoretical. The point is like <laughs> the uh, the emotion is probably not, the feeling is probably not the, the target or the metric for progress. Yeah, it's super aversive. And, and, it, and it, I mean, it can be, th- those emotions can be really aversive. And, and hopefully as you really address the problem, they do either establish a really different relationship with that emotion or it does decrease. Yeah. Either one. And I think, I think that's key is to, and I think it's good to be upfront about this in therapy is that a lot of times the feeling will get worse before it gets better if you're actually addressing the problem. Sort of like the broken arm experiment, True for enough. example. True right? enough, yeah. So that's why judging, using feeling as your metric for progress is a is kind of a dangerous, I think ultimately, yes, in most situations, um, when I think about my clients, I, I do, if I'm really doing my job, I, I do hope that they feel better in the long run. Sure. But I hope that that's the result of addressing an underlying mechanic or dynamic that's leading to that negative feeling in the first place. And often well to, to do that, it's going to require some more pain or at least tolerating that same level of pain for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one good reason to maybe not use feeling as a metric. Um, I, I agree. I think, I think a lot of clients, by the time they come to therapy, most clients have... have a, attempted all sorts of things to handle the problem. <laughs> and I describe it as they've tried to dig under it. They've tried to jump over it. They've tried to find the edges around it. Um, and I often kind of tell them, you know, the, the way, the way we're going to deal with this is to go right through it. Mm-hmm. And it's often more uncomfortable than the solutions that they've developed previously. Um, but it works a lot better. In the long run. In the long run. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But I would agree. And, and so maybe that's a marker of good therapy is you, you feel a little worse right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You do. You yeah. do. I mean, and, I mean, you're really, a lot of people have an issue that they don't talk about with a lot of people, right? They're coming in and it's, it's not real common fodder, you know, with their friends and classmates or whatever it is, right? Oh, yeah. And so... When they come to therapy and they disclose this very intimate kind of personal issue, I mean, it, it really is kind of like pulling it out from underneath, you know, their hiding place and, and, and shedding a lot of light on it and putting it under a microscope. 
and it's uncomfortable, right? Right. Um, and so sometimes they leave therapy those first few sessions and they're like, oh my gosh, that is painful to talk about, to, to really examine. Because even in their minds, the problem kind of pops up and they try to just suppress, ignore, distract as much as they can. And so when you're holding their attention onto that issue and you're asking them, what color is it? How's it feel? You know, let's really explain this to me. It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got another one. Um, I think sometimes a a good marker for um, progress in therapy is, do you understand yourself better? Mm. So for instance, just a, a, the example we've been using is that a lot of times the way we feel isn't just this mysterious thing that comes out of the blue and all of a sudden I feel anxious, but certain habitual ways of thinking that maybe I'm not even aware of, once I start to pay attention and notice, oh yeah, when I think like this, I tend to feel this way. Um, I think that's a real marker of progress when you start to understand your own mind a little bit more. Um, sometimes I think of, as a therapist, I'm like a, I'm like a mechanic and someone brings their car in and it's smoking. It still runs, but it's smoking and something's kind of off. Right. We, <laughs> part of my job, I think, is I pop the hood and I show them like, see this little thing over here? Like, this is where you put radiator fluid in. And I don't even know if you do that anymore with modern cars, but, <laughs> or like, this is where the oil goes, right. or this is where your like windshield wiper fluid goes, or this is, this is the transmission and this is the engine. This is the you know, carburetor. And you, you don't have to, you know, be a mechanical engineer, but it's really, if you're going to drive a car, it's good to know like the basics of how your engine works. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And some like kind of, and I think that's one of the things clients will tell me like at the end of successful therapy is one of the things they really appreciate is they feel like they understand themselves better. Not in like a mushy, like I'm so much more in touch with myself, but just like, oh yeah, I get how like this type of thinking leads to this type of feeling. Or when I do X, Y, and Z, it leads to me feeling this way. And when I do PQRS, it leads to me feeling this way. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Like I think that, so sort of like, knowledge and understanding just learning things is yeah. often a really good marker of progress in therapy. Oh, I think so. And usually this is communicated, I think in a really fun way, uh, for clients. And, and one of the ways that I hear this communicated is they'll say, I heard your voice in my head, <laughs> you know, wait, your clients are hearing voices. That's a marker of progress. <laughs> That's <a> true marker. <laughs> no, my clients will, will be in a situation and you know, this kind of classic, um, frustrating situation for them comes up and they'll say immediately I kind of heard your voice say you, you know something we've been talking about in therapy and they're like oh I, here's a moment where I can kind of try something different and then when they come in therapy they're like man it was so weird I like heard your voice saying you know here's how this works you know um, or uh, clients have this kind of aha moment where they're like oh here's what I usually do and if I don't do that, I wonder what will happen. It, it, yeah, so there, there's these moments, I think, that are, and, and those moments are like so fun in therapy yeah. when your clients are actually having different thoughts, trying different behaviors. I think that's a marker of good therapy too, I think, is when you're thinking a little bit differently or at least you're challenging some of your long-held kind of thoughts or you're trying something different. And I think, you know, I think it's good to point out, I think that happens in most areas of our life where we're trying to, to learn and grow. And like, I routinely, I think of whenever I play basketball, I, I very commonly, I hear my coach from middle school saying, Wignall, put your elbow in. 
Because when you shoot a basketball, like you don't want your elbow flailing right. out to the side. You want it tucked in. Right. right. That's common. Or I had a math teacher who always, whenever I'd get stuck in a problem, I'd say, oh, I don't know how to do this. You know, what do I need? He would always say, draw a picture. Uh-huh. Like any kind of math problem. <laughs> Could be algebra, you know, like just an algebra equation. Right. He'd say, you don't understand? Draw something. Draw a picture. Right. Which is actually a really good strategy for problem solving generally. And I, I literally hear his voice in my head when I get stuck in some kind of problem. This even happens in therapy. <laughs> if I get stuck, I go to the whiteboard and I draw a picture. Yeah. Because I've internalized that voice. It's like in my head. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's that's a piece of knowledge or like a way of looking at things that I've learned and that's really helped me. So I think it, you know, therapy is no different in that sense. Yeah. I actually really liked your, your car metaphor. Um, because I think you could say that, you know, a lot of people learn to operate themselves or, or they learn to do the things they do. Um, not from a car manual per se, but from watching other people do, or, you know, or someone else tells them, Hey, you try this. And if you're, if you're in that role where you can say, yeah, I see why you're, I see why you're starting your car like this, you know, but actually there's another way to do it. That's more healthy. And I, and I, I can kind of tell why you, you, or, you know, I can see that your mom maybe taught you to do this, but there's a different way of doing that thing, you know, that might actually help or, um, you know, instead of running out of gas and then being furious that you're pushing your car to the gas station. <laughs> we could pay attention to this dial on the <laughs> dashboard, you know, and, and you would know when to do that. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be invalidating or, or overly simplistic, but sometimes people have learned to operate their vehicles, so to speak, through shortcuts and through, you know, maladaptive learning theories from other people or from that they've just kind of stumbled on, hey, I know when I do this, this happens. But it may not be the most effective way to do that thing. I think it's really shocking that we, <laughs> we've we had our minds with us our whole lives. We use our minds constantly. But how often have we off, have we thought about, how does my mind work? Like, what's actually going on up there? Or really sat down and been, you know, really honest with yourself about, man, I've got a problem when this emotion hits. Like, I do this thing and it's not healthy. And you know, to really kind of reflectively say, you know, why is it that I do that? You know, what, what am I looking for there? I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of people have that kind of insight. I mean, every once in a while I have clients that have really interesting abilities to be insightful and to their own thinking. But I think that's a skill you really have to develop over time. And I think you're right. I mean, by the end of therapy with me, I think, you know, my clients are drawing out their model of thinking and their thought and how, you know, and that's kind of a good indication to me. Like, ah, I think you're done. You know, when you can kind of draw this out and troubleshoot. Our boss, Brad likes to say like, that's one of his primary goals in therapy is that his clients become their own therapists. Yeah. I think that's the goal of, I think CBT in general. It's not a bunch of secrets that we have that we're trying <laughs> to keep from anybody. It's here. We'll give you whatever information you need to, to get access to a better life. And, and, and once you really understand it, you can do this on your own. You don't need me. Yeah. Which transitions to my, my last little point I have is that practically it's tempting to, to think that, okay, someone's made a lot of progress and they're done in therapy when they start to feel good or maybe even feel good for a while. Like things are going well for the last six months. Things have been going pretty well actually. But I usually withhold judgment on have people really made progress until not only are they feeling and doing better with whatever their struggle was, 
but they're feeling and doing better for a while. And importantly, something majorly stressful happens and they can handle it well. They handle it a lot better than they had previously. So that it's like a test, like you kind of have to wait for like a big test and see how do people hand really intense, stressful situations. Can they really put all those things that they've learned or practiced into practice in real life? Um, so I think that to me, that's another marker of like, has someone really learned and progressed? Um, if they have, they can, they can weather those storms um, a lot better, a lot more, um, yeah, they can do that better. That's interesting. I, I think so so many times too that um people struggle making kind of tiny decisions um that show up every day effectively right um and so sometimes it's the big test and sometimes it's just are you handling the day to day effectively stuff, right day in yeah. and day out yeah i have a lot of clients recently who are saying man you must get sick of this because we i just say the same thing over and over and over again and I'm I'm always like perplexed by that. I'm always like, yeah. no, no. I, don't, I don't get sick of this at all. Yeah. In fact, that's just a sign where we haven't outlined the theory well enough, or we, we don't maybe understand right. the part, we just don't understand or, it. or that you're still unsure of our our uh, plan of attack. You know, right. but this doesn't bother me a bit. You know, this is kind of how the process goes. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, I like what you're saying. Sometimes a big test is a good thing to say. Like, ah, they got it. And then sometimes it's those little tiny decisions that they're just like, oh, not going to do that. I'm going to do this thing. And you're like, ah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.